are halfway through our Romans reading plan. And once again, we have teaching pastor Nick Person with us, blessing us mm. with reading some scripture. I'm excited you're here, my friend. I'm excited to be here, Robert. You know, I'm sure everyone listening is excited as I am. I hope so. Do you I hear it in so. my voice? I do. Your your excitement really is so like soothing to my soul. And I'm just makes me even more excited to be here walking through Romans with, with our people. Now and with you. Many, many people know your face, mm. know your voice, mm. know that you love shoes, cookies, <laughs> coffee, adventures with your family. Mm, let's go. But maybe they don't know why you got into ministry. Wow, yes. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> um, so growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I wanted to be a pediatrician. I wanted to work with kids. I wanted to help kids um, get better, be healthy, do all the things. And my mom would always tell me, she would, and I'm going to do my mom's voice, even though my mom didn't really sound like this, but she would go, baby you either going to be a pastor or a doctor. And uh, whenever she would say that to me in the back of my mind, I would always go, please be a doctor. Please be a doctor. Please be a doctor. Because um, just to be real with you guys, doctors make more money. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to have a title. I wanted to have the big house and the white picket fence and, and all the things. And I wanted that doctor thing to make me feel like I won. Um, and so then I was sitting in eighth grade. I was sitting at a summer camp and um, I had said yes to Jesus the previous year. And I was sitting there and the guy was giving an invitation and it was as if the Holy Spirit just knocked on my heart. And he was like, hey, Nick, I want to invite you to do this for the rest of your life. And I was like, do what? And he was like, I want you to step in to ministry. You don't know all that that means, but I just want you to be willing to be willing to follow me and to trust me on this journey. Um, and if you trust me, I promise you, I will use you. And I sat there for a minute and I know you guys don't do this, but I had an argument with the Lord and I was like, eh, I don't want to do that. I want to be a doctor. Here's all the reasons why. And, and I also was in speech therapy at the time. And I was reminding God of why I couldn't be used as a pastor who speaks. Uh, Cause apparently he forgot that pastors speak. And I said, Hey man, I'm in speech therapy. You know, I've been in speech therapy since I was in kindergarten and I, you know, the majority of the alphabet, I can't say, I couldn't say correctly. And I'm just now making some headway in this. And so surely you have called the wrong person. And it was one of those Moses's moment with a burning bush where he goes, Hey Nick, who made your mouth? And I was like, Ugh, you're right. And so I stepped into that and, um, you know, and I kept stepping into that. And so I would get opportunities and I would get affirmation from different ways. Sometimes it was weird. Um, sometimes it was from pastors. Sometimes it was from friends and family. I remember one time in particular, my mom and I were at a store and uh, I'm in line with her. I think we were probably at Target because that was my favorite place anyways back there then even now. And uh, there was this older lady in line behind me and she was looking at me, made me feel weird. I was like, why is this older woman looking at me? And she looked at me and she said, hey, young man. And I turned around and I said, yes, ma'am. She's like, you know what? I bet you're going to be a pastor. And I was like, what? Why is she talking to the Holy Spirit? I don't like this. It makes me feel all weird. Um, but God would do things like that along this journey and um, really just affirm this call on my life. And so I just have one step at a time being say, saying yes to the next step. And I have found myself here. And so um, I love it. There are some days that are hard. There are some moments it's hard. There are 
There are there are times when I feel like what I say and what I communicate to other people is not something I'm walking in fully. And so there's some shame that comes with that. But along this journey, the Lord just keeps reminding me this grace in this gospel that I preach, I have to sit under every single day. And so that's the goal. Every day I'm, I sit under this gospel and this grace, and then I offer it to others because outside of that, I don't have anything to offer. And so that's going to be my ministry journey. And so it has taken me many different places across the country and back again. And and now we're back living in Murfreesboro, and I keep to continue to say yes every day, sit under this grace and this gospel, and and offer that too. So, well, thank you so much for sharing. We're excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're here. Very grateful to have a friend and get mm. to serve on staff with you. Uh, what an honor and joy. Glad mm. God did a work in your heart and is mm. continuing to do a work in both of our lives Come as on. we try to. Uh, coexist in the same space often as friends and co-workers. <laughs> uh, we are halfway through Romans. Mm. We're in the middle of Romans 8. Mm. You're doing verses 18 through 25. This is a monster of a chapter. In fact, mm. we actually did an entire like uh, a sermon series wow. on this one chapter. Come on. Uh, that was a few years back. But here we are. We're reading through uh, Romans 8, verses 18 through 25. Mm. All right, so we're going to dive in and we're going to begin in verse 18 of Romans 8. And here's the deal. When you get to like the midway point of chapter 8, there's this thing that starts to happen in all of us. We want to get to verse 28. We're like, listen, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to verse 28. And if you're not familiar with verse 28, it says this, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And so we want to get there. We're like, oh, I'm going to put that on the shirt, on my wall. I'm going to get it tattooed somewhere. Like I want that verse. I want to get to that verse. But here's the deal. You have to lean in in the verses before we get there, because if you're able to lean in right here, when we get to verse 28, it'll mean even more and it will be even more impactful. So stay the course, stay the journey. Let's don't get ahead of ourselves, but let's walk slowly probably in a part that we don't want to walk slowly in. And you're going to see exactly what I talk, I'm talking about. So verse number 18 of Romans 8 says this, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. See, I think sometimes there's this misconception of what it means to follow Jesus. And here's what I mean. I remember even when I first heard the gospel, um, the pastor did a great job of explaining the gospel, but also in his explanation, sometimes he made me believe that everything will always be good because I had Jesus. And yes, everything is better with Jesus, but here's the deal. We are still living in a broken world. Yes, the spirit of a living God lives within us. Yes, we have been made new, but this world is still in process and Jesus has not come back yet. So here's some unpleasant news, but also good news because we know who goes with us is there still going to be suffering and brokenness in which we're going to have to walk through. Death is a part of the story. Suffering is a part of the story. Why? Because of sin. And so know that because you are walking with Jesus doesn't mean that life will be absent of suffering and brokenness. It just means that you can better navigate it because you're following a king and he has put his spirit within you to navigate. And what Paul is doing here, he's saying, listen, 
What you are going through now will not compare to what is experienced in glory. And that is so, so good to remember because you have to fix your eyes on the right thing because we all need to be reminded that something better is eventually coming. Even though we're not there yet, even though we're in the midst of some hard times, we know and we're reminded, and that's what Paul's trying to do is remind us of what is true. Listen, we eventually are going to get to glory and it will be worth it. And so for you, and maybe you're walking through a hard time right now and you're going, Nick, is it really worth continuing to walk? It is. Keep fixing your eyes on the king and just take the next step. Don't worry about step five and six. Just take the next step right now and know that what is going on now is not going to be the way it always is. And eventually we're going to see that, man, glory was worth it and being with Jesus was worth it. So let that encourage you right now. Verse number 19. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay and to the glorious freedom of God's children. Let me let's go slow. Okay. Basically, what Paul is saying here is saying, listen, creation was made perfectly. It was made perfectly. Everything was meant to work together. Everything was going well. Everything was just going along until we as humans threw a wrench into the beauty of creation and we chose to sin. And you might be thinking to yourself, man, Adam and Eve, how could you do that? How could you have perfection? How could everything be going well? And why would you throw a wrench in creation? Let me go ahead and remind myself and remind everyone that if we were in the garden, we would have done the same thing. And I know you want to push back against that and go, Nick, Nick, you don't know me. I wouldn't have listened to a snake. I wouldn't have eaten from I wouldn't eat that fruit from that tree. I wouldn't have done it. But then I do some kind of I look over my life and look how. God has blessed me in so many ways in the times I have taken that blessing, the times I have taken what is good and I have thrown a wrench in it myself in my very own life. So how could I say that I wouldn't do it in the garden if I'm doing it now? And so <laughs> and so that is a sobering thing. But the world is broken because sin was let in because of our decision. We ultimately wanted to be as God. Yes, it was great that he was with us and he walked with us in the cool of the day and he knew us and we were known and we had nothing to be ashamed of. And all of that was great. But when the temptation to be equal with God came along, we took it line sinker. We like, let I'm in. I want to be like God. And so because of that destruction, dysfunction, corruption, and suffering was let in the door. That was not God's intention, but because God's a good God and he doesn't want robots that worship him. He wanted us to have our own mind and to make our own choices. He allowed it to happen because True love is not a love that is forced, but a love that is embraced and engaged. And so here's the world is the way it is because of our choices and because of what we chose to do. And um, and so there is suffering and there is brokenness because of sin in this place. Verse number 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Let's let's pause right here. I love this picture of labor pains. The ladies who are listening right now are like, you better shut your mouth. Here's what I'm saying. 
Like the labor pains lets you know that something amazing is coming. But the only way to get to the process of birthing a baby is you have to walk through the labor pains. But walking through the pain will yield something that is far greater than the pain experience. Now, you might be sitting there and some of the ladies are like, Nick, you don't know the pain I went through. Nick, you don't know how bad it was, so on and so forth. What is crazy? I've had a lot of conversations, a lots of different people. It is crazy to me. That after a lady has their first child, a lot of ladies are willing to have their second, (laughs) right? I mean, you would think, man, if they experience so much pain, so much agony, and that is true, but what that yielded was far greater than the pain that was engaged in the pain that was experienced. And so the same thing right now, oh, it's labor pains. All of creation has these labor pains, these pains, these sufferings, these things. But we know the end of the story and that we will be present with the king and his glory will be seen and he will make all things new. And so because of that, these labor pains, like, yes, creation is crying out in pain because of what we're going through and what we're experiencing now. But we also know that something greater is coming. Verse 23. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. So for me, I have two artificial hips, right? My body is groaning. Why? Well, because I'm you know, I don't know how to say this in a nicer or more like easier way, but like we are all walking towards death. Right. And so we see that in the pain in our bodies and our bodies being broken down. And and so my body is yearning for the day then I will be made whole and complete. But I am not there yet. My body reminds me. I remember when I was younger, I would bend down to get something. I would make no noise. It would be like a ninja picking something up. But the older I have gotten, as I walk towards my 40s, every time I bend down to get something, it's like a, oh, and I feel something pop or something makes a noise. And I'm like, what is going on? So my body within my body is revealing what is going on in creation. Um, I am not there yet. And so suffering and brokenness is a part of the narrative right now. But one day when I get fully adopted, what that means is when I step into glory, when Jesus comes back and makes everything right again, then I will be fully complete and my body won't crack and my bones won't do any of that. Why? Because I will be made whole fully. Goes on to say this, verse 24. Now in this hope, we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. This hope that Paul is referring to is this joyful expectation about the future. See, we trust that what is coming in the future is greater than what we have experienced today and yesterday. We know that we can put our hope in God because he is faithful to complete what he has promised. And so we know that this hope, this hope is put in something that's unmovable and unshakable. Why? We see evidence that he is a hope fulfiller. We see that in the evidence of the cross, right? These followers had this hope. It was waning. I mean, it was a long three days for them, but what did they see? They saw that hope come to fruition and they saw the king get up again and he made a way where there was no way. So this hope is not a foolish hope. It is put in a firm foundation that we have already seen kind of the evidence of what 
Jesus did. And so we put our hope again and again and again in this because this our hope is not put in him in vain because we know that he is faithful and we know that he is capable of bringing this to fruition. In verse 25, I do not like, and a lot of times I want to move past this, but it says this, now we hope for what we do not see. We eagerly wait for it with patience. No one is great at patience. We want Jesus to come back now. Jesus now, come on. But Jesus is patient. Why? Because he is revealing himself to everyone and he is patient. And so we wait in patience because we have our hope in something that we know it's going to truly fulfill us and satisfy us. But patience is hard. And it's hard, especially when the suffering just seems seems like it's about to overwhelm you. It's hard to be patient in the suffering. But the only way to be patient in the suffering is to continue to fix your eyes again and again, as it says in Romans, again and again on the author and perfecter of our faith so that we can be reminded where we have put our hope and our trust. And so be reminded today that your hope is not in something that will fail. It is not in something that has been built with human hands, but it is in the hope of glory, King Jesus, and he never, ever fails. So be blessed, and we look forward to seeing you back here for the next podcast.